BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. I am filming myself today. If this is in the episode, like if you're listening to the regular podcast and this is still in the episode, it means I didn't cut it, which means this video is available on YouTube and also clips of it will be on TikTok. That's my goal for the new year to get you guys some video content. Oh, it's really hard to film yourself on a phone, on a camera and record what you're saying without like breaking a sweat. Anyway, hi, welcome back to the bad broadcast. My name is Maddie Murphy and I am your host. I'm your head broad in charge, and I am your best friend for life. So deal with it. Today's episode is a little bit different. So normally at the Bad Broadcast, we do a lot of like listener submitted stories. We do a lot of, you know, bad dates, worst in-laws. You know, last week's was New Year's retributions or like toxic things that you refuse to give up. So that's normally what we do. But every now and then we switch it up and we do like a different style of episode. So this episode today is a big old Q&A with me, with yours truly, because I've had some just minor uh, life changes that you guys are pretty curious about, but I have no outline for this episode, which I never, I never do. I usually have an outline. I have stories. I have responses. I have all of these things that I want to say, but I don't have one because I just have these questions. I had Lucy go through my Instagram questions that you guys submitted and write them down and put them on a paper so I could just randomly choose them. And I trust Lucy with my life, would literally let her have my firstborn child. So I trust the questions that she chose. I know that there's a mix of like some serious ones, some funnier ones. I know that people have questions about the, you know, the big D what I call the divorce. Um, so I know also a lot of people, I should just answer this up front. A lot of people think I'm joking about the divorce, which I mean, if I was joking, what a commitment to the bit, what a commitment. Uh, but no, I am not joking. I am actually divorced and we are actually still friends. So I will talk more about that in this episode. I'm sure, but I wanted to get that out there. I was actually really surprised that that was like a very common answer that I got, like a response that I got from people like, wait, are you joking? No, I'm not. But that would be funny. What if right now I told you guys like, gotcha, it's a big joke. I just moved out to be funny. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me think if there's any, if there's any bad broadcast announcements before I draw my first question. I don't think there is, but uh, this is also going to be like, I mean, I know people have questions about uh, my life and recent things. But I think a lot of these are just like kind of get to know you questions. I know we have a lot of new people around here. So this will give you a little taste of what you are in for. Hopefully I don't lose you forever. Okay, let's pick the first question. Here we go. Sorry, I was setting the bowl down on that thing. Oh, perfect. How would you lose a guy in 10 days? Well, I can't tell you how to do it in 10 days but I can tell you how to do it in five years. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. That's a funny joke though. Um, how would I lose a guy in 10 days? Here's okay. Here's my, my, I, first of all, I love how to lose a guy in 10 days. It's like one of my all time favorite chick flicks, but here's my beef with the movie in general. I like, what if she really feels that way? Like what if she's just expressing her feelings 
and she just wants to be direct and she just doesn't want to play games. Like maybe it's actually a really healthy way. of This is not boding well for like my future dating life that I think how to lose a guy in 10 days is actually like really good life advice. But if I were trying to get rid of a guy in 10 days, I would probably I mean, I would probably do the Andy Anderson method, you know, text a lot, call a lot, uh, talk a lot about like long term commitment within the first like two or three days, uh, all of that. But again, if that's what you're feeling, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to express it. Like if you're dating to find a husband and you are upfront about that, I don't think that that's that's toxic or bad. Again. I might not be the best person to come to for dating advice, but that's where I am on that. Okay. Uh, oh, how old is your oldest pair of underwear? Well, not that old because when I moved into my new apartment, I decided to treat myself and go on a skims shopping spree. So all of my underwear is like two or three weeks old. Like it's, it's not that old. I might have like one pair that's older than that. Uh, but I I did, I, I thought to myself, I deserve nice underwear. I've never had like all brand new undies. So I just did that for myself. And it was very expensive, but it was also very worth it. If you're not wearing Skims underwear, I don't know what to tell you, but you're missing out. Okay. What is your pull me out of a horrible day thing to do? Okay. Let's wait. Let me make sure I read that right. What is your pull me out of a horrible day thing to do? That sentence makes sense. Am I just, I'm probably just reading too far into that. Okay. So my go-to thing when I'm having a horrible day, let's think here. First of all, I will usually take a shower because a shower is a reset of sorts. And also it's like a spa experience. You guys know that I put a lot of time and effort into making sure that my showers and baths and like whole bathroom area is like set up like a spa. So I will usually take a shower. If I got to start, if I really got to start the day, like completely over and it's just not, it's not happening for me that day, I will take a shower. I will do an everything shower if I have to. If you're wondering what an everything shower is, I made a TikTok about this, but I will go over it with you now because this is probably, if I don't make it past the shower, it's fine because I did my everything shower. My everything shower includes like I oil my hair before I get in the shower. I do a face mask. I dry brush my skin. I get in the shower. I do a, a detox shampoo and a deep conditioner, usually from whey. And then I shave everything. I exfoliate. I do skincare. I do hair care. I get on cozy clothes. Like that's, that's, I mean, I sum that up pretty quick, but that's like my, uh, my everything shower. So I'll do an everything shower. The next thing that I like to do is I like to go to the grocery store with no list and no budget. I like to go with just the vibes that I am going to get myself, whatever I need, whatever I'm craving. I say no to nothing. I say yes to everything. And that haul usually looks like dinner of some sort, either like pre-made or like maybe something to cook myself because I do like to cook. Uh, Usually a fun drink, a fun dessert, and then maybe something like just slightly healthy that'll make me feel like a little bit okay. Like maybe like some fruit or like maybe uh, one vegetable, one, just a single vegetable and vegetable. And then if I can, I would usually like to spend it. I would usually, I don't know. It depends on what is bringing on the bad day because some bad days you don't want to see anybody. And then some bad days you really need to see people. And sometimes I just will text a friend or a family member and just say, having a bad day, got to come over. And they usually say yes. Sometimes they say no and I don't blame them. (laughs) But uh, that is, that is usually what I do on a bad day. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Way. So there are some New Year's resolutions that I do approve of. The ones that I approve of are the ones that revolve around self-care, that revolve around treating yourself a little bit better. Those ones I like. And luckily, little things can make a big impact, like maybe going on a hot girl walk every now and then, maybe eating a vegetable, maybe meditating for five minutes every day, maybe switching your shampoo so that your shower time is a little bit more luxurious. And because Way is always hooking us up with new products, 
I want to tell you guys about their new anti-dandruff shampoo because flake-free is the way to be in 2023. Way's anti-dandruff shampoo is gentle, but still going to do more than the drugstore. It takes the rough out of dandruff. It's formulated with their Cape Town fragrance. You guys know how I feel about Way's fragrances. They are unbeatable. It's got notes of ginger and spearmint, so your hair smells as good as it feels. It's got salicylic acid to gently soothe itchy, irritated scalps while keeping hair clean and soft. And after 28 days, 100% of participants in a study agreed that they saw fewer flakes and their scalp felt less itchy and irritated. Also, I'm sure you guys know this, that Way was founded by celebrity hairstylist Jen Atkin, but maybe you didn't know that Jen Atkin is a fellow Utah girly just like me. Shout out. She started Way with a goal of giving consumers what they want instead of telling them what they need. So do more than the drugstore with the new anti-dandruff shampoo from Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use the code BAD for 15% off your entire purchase. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code BAD. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Rocket Money. If your New Year's goals are to manage your budget better and save a little money, you need Rocket Money. You can now say goodbye to last year's outdated, disorganized methods of managing your money and say hello to Rocket Money, the better way to hack your finances in 2023. So Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. I love using Rocket Money because they will suggest things to me like, hey, this payment could be lower. Want us to take care of that for you? And I always hit yes. And then I save money. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, like a streaming service that you bought just to watch one show on or that free trial that you forgot to cancel. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. You simply find the subscription that you don't want, you press cancel, and Rocket Money will take care of it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, and it saves the average person over $700 a year. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com bad. That's rocketmoney.com bad. One more time, rocketmoney.com bad. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Okay. My favorite bra at the moment. Oh, lots of, uh, lots of hosiery um, questions. Favorite, my favorite bra at the moment is no bra ever. But my second favorite bra at the moment, I actually just got these. Oh, I should post them on my story. If I forget to post them on my story, just somebody remind me. But I found these like racer back tank tops from H&M and they're like stretchy. They're like ribbed material and they work really well as bras. I don't like bras. I don't want to wear underwire. I don't want it near me. I don't even think I own an underwire bra. Uh, and so if I can avoid them, that's usually what I'll do, but I do love those. And then I obviously have always loved the true and co, uh, like seamless bralettes. They're not the ones from target. Don't let the ones from target fool you. They are different. They are cheaper. They are thinner and they are not as good. You have to get the ones from Nordstrom. I know they're a little bit more expensive. I'm so sorry, but it's worth it. I promise. Okay. Next, next question. First kiss story time. Ooh, I don't know if I've ever told my first kiss on the podcast. I have two first kiss stories that I usually tell because they kind of both count. Let me just let me let me tell you what I mean. So the very first time I was ever kissed, like the first time my lips ever touched a boy's lips. 
I was at school and it was one of my friends and he just kissed me like as a joke. Like it was like a funny thing. The only reason I kind of count this is because he and I now share nieces and nephews. His sister ended up marrying my older brother. And now we are an aunt and uncle to the same kids. So that's just a fun little story that I like to tell. But that wasn't my real like first kiss, first kiss. So first time I was ever kissed by like somebody that I liked and that liked me. I was 14. I'm sorry, mom. I mean, she knows this by now, but she probably would have preferred I was a little bit older. I would have preferred that I was a little bit older. I like look at 14 year olds now and I'm like, no, no, you're not old enough. You're not old enough. But I I swear when I was 14, I really did think I was 25. So I was 14 and I was a sophomore in high school because I was young for my grade. And then he was a senior, which felt very cool at the time. Not as cool now because I am almost positive he was 18. So it's the math isn't working out there, but let's not think too hard about it at this current moment. So yeah, he was a senior. I thought it was, you know, very cool. I was like listening to a lot of like 15 by Taylor Swift. Um, and yeah, we started texting. He got my number. He started texting me. We started like liking each other. We'd like skip class, go get food, whatever. And then one night he invited me over to his friend's house. His friend had like a theater room we watched a movie and here's the real um, bummer of the whole thing. We watched Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Uh, that's not the worst part, believe it or not. The projector was broken. So it was backwards and in black and white. So it wasn't a great like movie experience for me. But anyway, uh, we got all snuggly and he kissed me. And that was the first time that I was ever kissed. And it was jarring. Getting kissed for the first time is not an experience I would ever want again. I don't know anybody who had like an amazing first kiss. I feel like it's always so abrupt. You're usually way too young. The guy who's kissing you is usually way too eager. Uh, but yeah, I can't say that it was it was dreamy. I can't say that. Uh, but that was it. And then I didn't ever kiss really anybody else until I had graduated high school. I think I kissed one more person in high school. I was not like a, I was not a hot commodity in high school, which is totally fine. All my friends were. So I was like, I was like the, I was the really encouraging best friend, but I didn't date a whole lot in, in high school. So I don't have a lot of like high school kiss stories. But I do want to add a fun detail about my first kiss. I, I know I have shared this before, but it was a long time ago. And since this came up, I just feel like it's necessary to share it again. So my the, the kid who was my guy, the guy, not the kid, the guy who was my first kiss, he obviously, you know, went and got married later on in life as kids. I think his current wife sent me the meanest message I've ever gotten to this day. To this day, the meanest message by far. It was so vicious. And I don't think that it was personal. Like, I don't think that it was like, oh, this girl it was my husband's first kiss. Like, I don't like her. Like, that was not the vibes I was getting. The vibes I was getting was like, she just did not like me and like didn't like my content or something. Like, it didn't seem like it was something weird and petty from when I was 14. It just seemed like she found me on Instagram and just like really genuinely didn't like me. But yeah, I looked at her profile and I was like, I remember messaging her back and being like, wait, are you so-and-so's wife? Like, that's wild. This is wild behavior. So yeah, that was a weird full circle moment <laughs> for me. <laughs> I mean, that happened when I was 20, let's see, 27. I got that message and it was 13, is that math right? 13 years after I had stopped speaking to her husband. So I really don't think it was something like that. But anyway, weird. Okay. Let's see. I'm going to do that one just later. Okay. Uh, next question. This is a good question. Cause I had a lot of people ask me this. How are the cats? So our cat timeline, let me explain this. So we had two cats, Matt and I had two cats, tofu and soybean. I know you guys have heard me talk about them in episodes past. We, they, we lost them. They ran away. And, uh, it was actually the same week that Matt and I decided to split up. So it was a really great week overall, really just thriving in my element, you know, nothing going wrong. But no, I'm obviously joking. It was horrible. It was two horrible things 
right after the other. So we lost those cats. I looked for them for a long time. I mean, I went to the shelter a lot. I called around. I I still look sometimes at the shelter to just see if maybe maybe they're there. But obviously, I want to be optimistic, but I also want to be realistic. And people have said, like, don't lose hope. Like, sometimes cats come home after a year. And I'm like, maybe, maybe they do. But anyway, it's very, very sad. But then recently, so this was like uh, just a couple months ago. Now this was like in November, Matt and I got new cats and we were broken up at the time, but we were living together still. And so we got cats and they're so sweet. They're the sweetest little kitties. And a lot of people have wondered like what we did. Like, did we parent trap the cats? And like, I got one and Matt got one, but no, Matt has the cats. Matt has both cats. And we decided that together, he didn't like take them and he wasn't mean about it or anything. It just there, they lived there at the, like Matt still lives where we were living and I didn't want to bring the cats to like a little apartment. And also Matt is just a way better pet parent than I am. I mean, I, I like animals and I obviously take very good care of the animals that I, that I have, but he's just way, he's plays with them a lot more. They're a lot happier. And so I thought that the cats would be happier there anyway. And I'm really glad that they're there with him and that he has them. And yeah, that's what we both wanted. So yeah, I don't have them, but I do see them because I see Matt and I go up there and hang out. And so I get to see the little, the little muffins and yeah, it's not it. The the thing with the divorce is that I know that people are kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, I think people are waiting for me to say like, oh, just kidding. Like I'm not okay. And we're not friends and things are terrible. But this is why I waited so long to talk about it because this happened in July. Like we split up in July. And at first I was like, we need to tell people, like we need to tell people immediately. Like we need to get on top of this. I also had people like talking about it. Like I, like not any of my close friends, but people that I knew that I knew were telling people that, and that really bothered me. It actually was like a really huge moment of my life where I was like, Oh, I can't actually tell anybody anything because there are people who will just want to tell your secrets. And so that was hard. And then finally I was like, you know what? It's not my, it's not, what am I trying to say? I don't owe it to anybody to tell them right away. Like if I'm going through something, I can wait and process and just shut my mouth and wait until I'm at a better place. And so that's what I did. And that's why now when I talk about it, I'm at a better place. And so is Matt, because we have had almost six months now between when it happened and now. But there was a question that came in. I don't know if uh, if it's in these questions that Lucy chose, but uh, I did see one come in that said, what were your initial feelings when you knew that you guys were splitting up or when you decided to get divorced? And to that, I say my initial feelings were destroyed, like obliterated into a million pieces. I was so sad. I literally did not think I was going to live through it. It was horrific. I mean, it's so hard to to get divorced. Any long-term relationship is hard to end. And I, like, I, I cannot even overstate how scared I was of being divorced, of getting divorced. I thought it was the most horrible thing that could happen to anybody. I would have like bona fide night terrors over getting divorced. It was just, it was something I was always so scared of. And, you know, then things changed, like things happened and we worked through it. And I, yeah, that's, that's why now I'm okay. Because six months ago I was very much not okay. And I didn't want to talk about it until I was at a place where I was. And I also didn't want to talk about it until I could joke about it. Like I didn't want it to be I didn't want it to be something that I, I didn't want to process it publicly. I wanted to figure it out internally, figure out where I was and then bring it to you guys and bring it to everybody and then open up about it. Uh, but yeah, it was not always like this. It's not like we just thought it would be, you know, a good time and we just decided to get divorced. No, it was really hard on both of us. We, it was a decision that we both made and it was really, really hard. So I'm sure there will be more questions about that, but let's see what the next one is. What is your perfect day? Okay. Sorry, switch we're switching gears a lot here because I'm just drawing these questions randomly. But what is my perfect day? Oh, man. 
I feel like this is like a common get to know you question. And I, I don't know if I've ever had a great answer, but I do feel like my perfect day would probably be on vacation somewhere. I like a city vacation. I like a big city vacation. So I like a New York. I like a Paris. I like a, you know, any of that. I know that a lot of people prefer tropical vacations. I'm not, I'm not one of them. So my perfect day would probably include waking up somewhere else, somewhere far, far, far away from here. <laughs> uh, getting like some pastries for breakfast, probably walking around with like a delicious drink in hand, something cozy. It would probably be fall. It would probably be about 64 degrees. I would be slightly bundled and I would be eating a lot of delicious things. Uh, then maybe end it. You know what? You know what? It's such an underrated feeling. And I, I went to New York a couple weeks ago with my mom and my sister-in-law and my niece. There is nothing like going to a Broadway play. There is nothing like it. There is something so magical about it. Like the whole time we were there, I was there with my niece who's like, I think she's nine or something. And I was like, do you feel it? Do you feel how cool this is? And she's like, okay, calm down. Uh, but it really is so amazing. So I would, I would probably work that into my day somewhere. I would end it at a delicious Italian restaurant. Probably. I don't know. I would be open to other suggestions, but Italian feels right. That's, there'd probably be a spa experience in there somewhere, a massage, a sauna, a pedicure, a facial, like something, something like that. So kind of mush all of those together and you have Maddie's perfect day. Okay. Next question. Okay. Top five things you love to splurge on. Ooh, things I love to splurge on. Well, I always say that you should always splurge on life improvers. Like you should never, never skimp on those. So some of the life improvers, let me name five of the life improvers that I've splurged on. Um, a vacuum, like a nice Dyson is I think very worth it. Bedding, really cozy bedding, good mattress, all of that. Uh, skincare and body care. I'll count those all as one. Like I, I, I wouldn't ever splurge on makeup. Um, and I actually probably want to splurge on clothes. The fourth thing that I would splurge on, let me think here. I'm trying to think of like things that I've, I do usually splurge at the grocery store. Like I will usually buy the more expensive version of things. I never want to get like the lower quality or lower grade or like, like generic anything. I usually want like the high end olive oil or like the nice kind of like kimchi. Like I want to get like the good quality stuff. And I feel like that's a, that's a given. We should all be splurging on what we're putting in our body. Oh my, it's going to come to me. I guess I could, I guess I would say like, I think there's a question in here about underwear. Have I answered that yet? I don't know if I've answered it yet, but I would splurge on underwear. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. So when do you feel like your best self? I know that I feel like my best self when I'm sleeping enough, when I'm spending time with people that I love, when I have a good work schedule, and when I'm taking the time to go to therapy every week. I took a nice long break over the holidays just because my schedule was busy. I did not have time to go to therapy and I have felt it. I have my next appointment tomorrow and I'm just jonesing for some therapy. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. And take it from me, sometimes life throws very, very unexpected things at you. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. I know that I have felt the benefits of it. I'm going to shove therapy down your throat until my dying breath because it does make all the difference when you just have a unbiased person to listen to you, to give you advice, to kind of help you sort out the things that you're going through. BetterHelp is a convenient way to do therapy. It's flexible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash bad today to get 10% off of your first month. That's better help. H E L P dot com slash bad. 
This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Dipsy. Okay, I want you to finish this sentence in your mind. I deserve a sex life that is what? What comes to mind? Don't be afraid to say it because whatever it is, you do deserve it. And Dipsy can help you get there in new and sexy ways. It's a new year. Check in with yourself. Make sure that you're experiencing life and everything else with as much pleasure as possible. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. So you can discover stories about things like second chance romances or adventurous vacation flings or hot and heavy hookups. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again and again, And again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories that you can read. I know you guys out there are reading all of your sexy stories. Get your fill with Dipsy. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. So for listeners of The Bad Broadcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash bad. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash bad. One more time, that's dipsystories.com slash bad. Okay, if you could be in a thruple with a celeb couple, who would it be? A thruple with a couple. Well, what comes to mind first is Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas. The reason I like them is because I've kind of gotten over the like wife guy trope in Hollywood. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like there's like a handful of guys that like their whole brand is that they are somebody's husband. John Krasinski is one of them. Dax Shepard is one of them. Um, Who else? I know that there's more and I I know you guys. Oh, Blake or uh, sorry, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Like their whole thing is like they are wife guys. Part of me thinks it's like kind of icky because I think like, well, what are you? hiding? Like, what are you, what are you making? What are you overcompensating for? But I don't feel like Sophie and Joe are like that. Also, both of them very hot. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's who came to mind first. If I sat with it, I could probably think of another one, but, uh, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, I think are a quality choice. Okay. Next one, favorite animated show. My favorite animated shows. I I mean, I don't know if this means show like TV show or movie. I don't really watch any animated TV shows. Although the one I've probably seen the most of is BoJack Horseman, which is really good. Uh, I just have seen a lot of that because Matt watched it for a long time. So I saw bits and pieces, but I do not choose to watch anything animated except movies. Like I would never watch, I would never watch South Park, Family Guy, King of the Hill, Simpsons. Like I would not ever watch those. I would watch SpongeBob. I would probably watch SpongeBob, but my favorite animated movies are Soul and Turning Red and The Secret Life of Arietti, which is a Studio Ghibli one that I really love. And let me think. I know that there's probably more. I feel like I do watch. I feel like I watch probably more cartoons than is necessary. But those are my top three, I would say. Soul, Turning Red, uh, Secret Life of Arietti. Okay, next one. My dream blunt rotation. I'm actually really, I feel like I've really dialed in my dream blunt rotation and I'm really proud of it. I posted it a few times, but if you've missed it, I will tell you what it is. First of all, it's Maya and Anna from Pen15. If you haven't seen Pen15, I don't know what you're doing with yourself, but you need to watch it. I promise to watch Fleabag if you promise to watch Pen15. Okay. Is that a deal? So Maya and Anna, Nancy Silverton, because if you're going to be smoking, you're going to need somebody to bring you some some delicious food. And Nancy Silverton, I believe she started La Brea Bakery. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she started La Brea Bakery and now she runs a few. Like I know she runs a restaurant called Matza with, oh my gosh, now I can't even remember his name. The guy who started Italy. I think his name's maybe Mario. I do think it actually is Mario. Anyway, 
phenomenal cook. She has a chef's table episode about her. You have to watch it. She's amazing. And I feel like you got to have somebody there with some culinary skills. And I would love to hang out with Nancy Silverton. So them, Dolly Parton, obviously, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to be hanging out with people, you want to have some tunes, you want to have some good food. So Dolly Parton, I also have maybe switched. Sometimes I've switched out Dolly Parton and Casey Musgraves, and I would maybe even add Miley Cyrus lately into that, that rotation of, of singers. So I would take any of those three. If we can have all three of them, perfect. I don't know how large this, uh, this group is, but if I can have all three, I will gladly take all three. And then I would probably, I don't know if this has changed. I don't think it has. I would want Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph also there. So two sets of probably the most hilarious best friends that I've ever seen. We got some good food. We have some good music, good times. You can't tell me that that is not a perfect blunt rotation. Okay. Next question. What is on your 2023 bucket list? Uh, live. not have a bad year. No, I'm just kidding. My 2023 bucket list. I do want to travel. I think I want to travel alone, which I've never done. I actually, I have a a list of things that I really want to learn how to do now that I'm, I'm single and living on my own and just like random things that I would never think to, to learn how to do. Like I want to learn, like I want to get like a smoker and like learn how to like smoke salmon and meats. I don't know why. I also would love to like build things. Like I would love to be able to be like, oh, I love that headboard. I'm going to go build it. Like things like that. There's, there's been a couple other things. Oh, I want to like take my, I just want to take myself places. Like I want to take myself skiing. Like, like why can I not do that by myself? I just want to, I just, you know, want to spend some quality time with my best friend, Maddie. Uh, (laughs) no, but I do, I do want to learn how to do some things that I've never done before. Also with like bad broadcast, I do want to start doing more video stuff, just more, more content in general. It's, it's funny looking back. Like you can see my, you can see like all my stats, like take a dive as like my mental well being was like going down, uh, which is fine, obviously, because I wasn't putting as much time into, into this, into, my work, into my job, into you guys. But now that I'm on the up and up, I think that I am much more capable of doing that. So that's kind of what my 2023 is, is looking like. Okay. Oh, here's a very, here's a fitting, a fitting question. How long did it take for the pod to be profitable? And then how long until it was a livable wage? Okay. Let me think here. So I started the podcast in June of 2020. I got my first paycheck for an ad and I remember it was $750 and I got that paycheck in October of the same year of 2020. I had an amazing manager named Sam who really helped me get ads going and she was awesome and it was the first time I had ever made money from something that I did on my own and it was like it was so exciting. I can't even tell you how excited I was. But until it was a livable wage, it was probably more it was probably a year past that. So October of 2020, I got that first paycheck. In May of 2021, I signed with Dear Media. And of course, they're great. They handle my ads for me. They do all of the back end stuff. But I didn't start making consistent money. I actually don't think I started making money until October. So it was like a it was a full year past. So let's see, what's that math? That's like a year and a half, a year and a half ish. Yeah. That's that's what I would say. The other thing is that obviously I was married at the time, so we had two incomes. So I was lucky enough that I didn't have to have like a, I didn't work a part time job after I started the podcast. I had quit my job. I was working at a bakery. Um, so yeah, that was really lucky. Matt supported me through that whole time. But yeah, now now it's a livable wage. Obviously, it's my full time job. And boy, am I so lucky! I could weep. I could weep at the thought. Okay, let's go into the next one. What do you like about living on your own? Oh, I love this question because I love living on my own. And nothing I'm about to say, like, here's the thing about talking about your divorce. I think everybody's looking for like little signs. Everybody's looking for you to like say something like shady that your ex did or like some like sort of gossip or tea. Anything that I'm about to say is not to say that Matt was not great to live with because I think as far as living with men go, Matt was top of the pack. Um, but living on my own has been 
very empowering. I've never lived on my own. So I went from living with my parents to living with roommates to living with Matt. Like I didn't have any in between where I was on my own, living on my own, anything like that. And I love it. Uh, Like right now, I love it. That's not to say I'm not going to get sick of it, but where I am right now, I'm, I'm loving it. I can decorate it just all on my own. I don't even have to like think about anybody else. Uh, grocery shopping. Don't have to think about buying food for anybody else. Like don't like, and then I think about living with roommates and like the risk of like buying food and like somebody else getting into it. Like don't have to worry about that. Like I just, I, I love it. I love being in charge of my space. I love that I control what comes in and out of my home, who comes in and out of my home. Like I just, I really, really like it. Again, this could change. This could change. If I've learned anything in the last six months, it's that your life could change and you, you might not see it coming. So right now I'm just really, uh, I'm relishing, 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 reveling. I think my, both words might work, but I'm loving it. Loving it. Okay. Uh, what do you need in order to have the best night's sleep? Oh, so happy you asked because I actually, well, this was a couple months ago, but I listened to the Huberman lab episode about sleep. I told you guys this in like, I think in the summer and I've really dialed in my sleep routine, my nighttime routine. So let me take you through what I would do. First, I would do like my skincare and I would usually take a bath, um, or a shower, but I'll, I'll get into the details of that in a minute because Huberman, I don't know his first name, Dr. Dr. Huberman. He suggests three supplements that you take 30 minutes before you go to sleep. They are magnesium three and eight, apigenin and theanine. Those are the three. I'll post them on my Instagram. If I forget, somebody remind me. Um, those are the three supplements. Check for like contraindications with medication you're on. He said that they're very low risk, but like I know that like some medications react weird to like magnesium and stuff. So just double check. But I take those three. They're killer. I sleep really, really well. I don't take melatonin anymore because they give me the most whack nightmares. And I, I've realized that melatonin helps me fall asleep, but it doesn't help me stay asleep. So sometimes I will actually take melatonin if I have to be up like crazy early because it will help me fall asleep. And then I am up at like 4 a.m. Uh, that's the only time I will take melatonin. I know that seems really backwards, but that's that's worked for me. And then another thing. So this is what I was going to say about taking a bath. So Huberman says that your body now he's like a brain scientist. OK, this isn't like my this isn't some like random Yahoo answers. Okay. So he says to, or no, he says that your, your body cools down when you go to sleep. So if you can simulate like cooling down, then your body will have an easier time falling asleep. So like turning on your air conditioning, maybe like cracking a window to get like a cool breeze in. But another thing, if you're like me and you like taking a cold or a warm bath or a hot shower before you go to bed, he said that if you do that, just turn the water down a little bit before you go to bed or sorry, before you get out of the shower. So don't turn it like to a cold shower. Don't take a cold shower, but just go from like scalding hot to like warm. And then your body will start cooling down. And I don't know, maybe it's placebo, but I have really found that that is a great, a great way to get yourself ready for sleep. I obviously sleep better when I stay off my phone. I'm obviously not ever going to stay off my phone, but like if you're capable of that, I guess you're just better than me. Uh, but like the nights that I do put my phone away, I do unfortunately sleep better. But again, it's not going to happen. Uh, doom scrolling on TikTok is now part of my life. So that's what I'm going to continue to do. <laughs> okay. What do you think your life would be like now if you never started the podcast? Oh, wow. Okay. Let me think. I would probably be doing, I mean, I think I would have found something else, which I realize is not. What would you be doing if you weren't doing this? Well, I would probably be doing something else. No, I would, I, I think I would have found another, another avenue of like working for myself. Um, I always really wanted to do like something in the culinary world. One time I took a class on how to make those like flooded sugar cookies. And I genuinely thought I will show some of you guys the uh, flooded sugar cookies that I did. I felt like I was really good at it. And I really did think that it was going to become my career. Like I was like, I'm going to be a cookie lady. Like that's what I'm going to do. I like thought about branding. Like that's really what I wanted to do. Um, I probably would have done something like that. I think I probably would have gone back to school. Granted, I did try to do that last year, got denied, 
it's fine. Uh, but maybe like culinary school or something like that. Uh, yeah, I would have, I would have tried to find something that I could work for myself, but I, I also probably would have kept working like part-time jobs until, until I found that thing. But yeah, my gut says that I would have done something in the, in the culinary world, culinary space, if you will still might, honestly, it sounds like a great, great Avenue. Okay. Oh, are you nervous to start dating again? No, I'm not nervous to start dating again. It's also not really on my radar at this very moment. It's not something that I'm thinking about. I know that there was, again, I don't know if it's in here, but I know that there was a question that said, will you share dating updates with us if you want, like as you date, if you want to? Uh, probably, probably, but there is, there is nothing to report yet, but I will keep you posted. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I, I don't feel nervous about it. But yeah, again, I'm not really dating and it doesn't really feel like a am in like a rush to do so. And it's not a really pressing issue. I saw that rule that's like half. I think it's called the half life rule. That's like you you should wait the whole or the. So you take your last relationship. So mine was six years and then you cut that in half. So three years. And that's how long you should wait until trying to seriously date again. Not like date at all, but just like find somebody to be in a serious relationship with. So I'm kind of taking that to heart. I just, I, I don't know. I, I used to feel like 29, 30, like I thought it was really old. Like if somebody would have told me that I was going to be single at 29, I was going to be like, okay, so am I like, like knocking on death's door at that point? Uh, but I just don't see it that way anymore. I feel really young, especially now, like, because the, my twenties were almost completely taken up by being married. I now feel like I'm like back to where I was before I got married. So I feel like 22 again, good and bad pros and cons. I will say this though. I will, I will tell you guys this. I did get on an app, a dating app and I deleted it about 15 minutes in. That's not true. Probably three days in because I can't even believe what guys think is attractive or like, like cool or desirable. Like I, I think, I do think that I could spend 15 minutes with a guy and write him a better dating profile than every single one that I've seen. I'm about ready to start a consultation business for men's dating profiles because I don't think that they as people are lame. I mean, I'm sure some of them are, but like, I like, they're probably pretty cool. Like a lot of these guys, but why do they write there? I'll start sharing them. I think that I should start doing like a, I, <laughs> I shouldn't even say this cause you guys are going to get excited for it. And then I'm going to have to do it. But I've thought about like doing like live swiping, like on the podcast, not swiping and it's not even swiping anymore. Uh, but like liking people because Sometimes I read these bios and they're so unbelievable to me that I just, I, I can't believe. And I, I just want to message them and be like, bro, I, I promise if you just gave me 10 minutes of your time, I could help you out. Like I could get you a girl. Like I, I will help you like answer these questions. Like, okay. The, the app I got on was hinge and like you answer questions and stuff. You, there's like prompts that you answer and yeah, it's just, it's pretty, uh, pretty wild. Not to say that my dating profile is much better, but um, once I dial mine in, I will give you guys tips. Uh, I don't think mine's like tip top right now. <laughs> also, how do I tell people like, hey, I have a podcast where I like might, I might roast like a lot of your behavior on. Um, I usually, I leave that out. Okay, next question. <laughs> Number one takeaway from ketamine. Oh, I haven't really talked about my ketamine experience on the podcast yet, mainly because I'm still kind of trying to like piece together what it meant for me and what it, what how it helped me and what it was uh, that worked for me. So ketamine is really it's really interesting, and I'll give you guys kind of like a summary of what the process is like. So I basically it's at this clinic. Um, I went to a clinic here called Catalyst. It's in Pleasant Grove, Utah, uh, and. Yeah, basically, you know, you have appointments with some doctors beforehand, but the the actual appointment of ketamine is like you bring so you bring like a pillow and a blanket, you dress in comfy clothes, you go to the office, um they sit you in like a lazy boy and you get kind of cozy and then they administer the ketamine with an IV. And 
ketamine is a dis a disso I never know if it's disassociative or a disso whatever it it makes you dis dissociate. Um, it's a it's a usually used as a anesthetic. So if you think about like going under anesthesia, that's kind of the I I would I would compare it to that or like falling asleep. Uh, another way I would describe it is like if you took an Ambien and went on Soren, California. That's how I would describe the feeling of ketamine. And I was doing it in the summer when things were really rough and when I was not in a good place. And part of me wishes I would have I would have waited until after I had like kind of gotten through the hard stuff because I would like come out of my ketamine treatment and then life would still be going on. And I'd be like, why is this? Why did ketamine not change any of this? Obviously it wasn't going to, but I just hadn't processed really anything that I had been through. So the the thing that ketamine did do for me is that it gave me a lot of relief, like going in for treatments. The, the trips are extremely pleasant. I, I, yeah, they were really fun, uh, really like kind of blissful. And it was just like a nice break from like the heaviness of life because you're kind of, you go into this kind of like floaty, uh, kind of trance. Like I, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, but that's the best way. It's kind of this dream, like, like thought process that you get into. Um, but yeah, I, I did really, I did really like it. And it kind of gives you like a bird's eye view of your life because you dissociate, you kind of can look at things objectively and you, things feel smaller, like big life problems feel a lot smaller. So when you're in there and you're tripping and you're kind of going through, like, I always think about that part in soul where the guy is like going through the file cabinets of like somebody's brain or somebody's life or no, no, no. I'm thinking of inside out. Wait, what am I thinking of? Might be a combo of the two. I know it's soul where he's looking through the files, but I think the inside out is where they're looking through her brain. But that's kind of how I felt. And I was kind of going through the things that um, I was thinking a lot about or that were causing me a lot of stress or pain. And they were just the the thing I came out with, honestly, the thing I wrote down in my journal the most is everybody's doing their best. Like everybody is existing and living and fighting and going through things at the at the very best of their ability. And somebody else's best is not your best and vice versa. So somebody else doing something in a different way is not necessarily wrong. Everybody's doing the best that they can with the information that they have absorbed. And that's what ketamine helped me see when I was kind of, when I was dissociated and I was looking at this kind of bird's eye view of my life. uh, That's how I felt. I felt all of these people, all of these different parts of my life, everyone's doing their best. And so am I. And so there's not really room for me to like judge people or be angry with people. Yeah, that's my that was my biggest takeaway. Okay, um, next one. What is your go-to appetizer? Mmm, my go-to appetizer. Oh man, oh man. I feel like there's a few that I would choose from. Um, I would usually get usually if there's like a burrata or like a bruschetta. I know those are two different things. Uh, bonus points if it's both in one dish, but like something like that, or like something with like a crostini, like a bread-based like something. So that's maybe my go-to. I would also usually do a spinach artichoke and that's probably more basic. If it's at a, like a higher end restaurant, I would definitely do like a, a, yeah, bruschetta or something. Or if there's anything fried, like there's this restaurant that uh, we went to in New York that has a fried ravioli and a fried uh, mozzarella, not, not a mozzarella stick. I know what you're thinking, but it's wrapped in like puff pastry and then fried. I would always go for that. I would always go for that. Also, I feel like <laughs> this is actually one of the hinge questions is like, what's, what are you ordering for the table? Um, and my answer and something that I do think I usually order is like an extra side of fries, like with everybody's meal. I think that like, I will always cover an extra side of fries for everybody. Okay. Next one, new hobby you would like to try in adulthood. Okay. New hobby I would like to try in adulthood. Um, Oh man, I feel like there's a few. I feel like there's a few. I would like to make writing more of a hobby. Um, I don't do it a whole lot. Um, I do it when I need to for the podcast or for uh, like random little projects, but I would like to write just more like in my free time. I just signed up for masterclass. So I'm about to be so skilled. It's going to ruin all of our lives. Um, But yeah, I would like to learn how to like screenwrite. I would like to learn more about stuff like that. 
I would, like I said, I'm trying to learn how to do a bunch of different things this year. It's my 30th year, you know, it's kind of like, like in the 13th year when he turns into a mermaid in my 30th year, I'm going to turn into, uh, like a woodworker. Okay. Uh, next one. How are you and Matt able to stay such good friends? I think it's amazing. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, here's what I will say about us being friends and staying friends. It was not, it was not unconscious. It was not like, oh yeah, we're still friends. Like it, we had to consciously decide like amidst our breakup to be like, to like sit and look at each other and be like, we don't want to do it the horrible way. We don't want to do it the way that's full of pain and sadness and scary exes and hatred. And like, we're not doing that. Like we were friends before we got married. We were best friends our entire marriage there. It was such a waste to both of us to just throw that away because even now, like I, we still are such close friends. Like it just, I, I refused to add more pain into the situation. So a lot of that was therapy. We worked with therapists. A lot of that was both of us just like really powering through some difficult things and setting aside a lot of hard stuff and saying, no, we would rather preserve the friendship and not waste this and not cause more turmoil in our life. Um, and I am so glad that we did it that way. I'm so happy with where we are. I'm so happy with the dynamic that we have. I'm just like, I feel really lucky to be, I was going to say married, to be on, to be divorced <laughs> from somebody who is so genuinely cool and also wants the best for me. I want the best for him. Um, if you saw my TikTok, like we still share our Dyson. Like I say, we share custody of our Dyson, which is really funny, but that really is how it is. Like we share things, I'll go up there, you know, we'll grab a coffee, we'll get lunch, not to brag, but I do think I am a very cool ex-wife. Should that go on my dating profile? Maybe that should be what I lead with. Like, don't worry, because if you marry me, you can divorce me and I'll still be cool. No, but uh, Matt is just the he's just the coolest person. And I feel I just feel really proud of us. I can't say it enough. I I feel intensely grateful that we were able to end up here. But yeah, it took some it took some work, it took some some work. OK. Do you have any fun trips coming up? No. Easy answer. <laughs> I wish I did. I'll plan one. I'll plan one for you guys. Okay. Um, if you won $10 million tomorrow, what would you buy? First of all, I'm sharing. Okay. I'm not trying to be like holier than thou. I'm sharing with my friends and family because I want us all to be able to participate in fun things. There's not really any fun in being the only rich friend because then if you're like, Hey, we should go to Italy this summer. And then all your friends are like, no. And then you're like, I'll pay for it. And they're like, okay, but you might as well just give them the money. Also, why would you not want the people in your life to have really good lives? Like I would share, I would share a few mil. Okay. With the rest of them, I would probably buy a home, furnish it probably exactly like Dakota Johnson's. Um, I would definitely have to like hire help with the upkeep of the home because I live in a tiny apartment right now. And it is impossible to keep clean. Like when I was living in our town home, it was not, it was so hard to keep clean. How do people keep homes clean? I don't get it. So I'd probably need help with that. Um, but yeah, then I would, then I would probably plan like several trips a year for the next like 10 years. And I would just prepay for them. I would just have them all ready to go just so like I knew that like, oh yeah, next year we're going to like France and Tokyo and Iceland and it's all paid for. And I have a huge house and whoever wants to come can come. I would probably just mainly focus on doing a lot of fun stuff with my friends. Um, not to say I wouldn't redo my entire wardrobe and home and, uh, probably get like a personal chef. Oh, a personal chef, a personal trainer. Uh, what else? What else can I have? Personal masseuse. I want a personal hair washer. Like I want somebody who will just wash my hair for me every day. I guess that's probably like a stylist, but I don't even necessarily want them to like, like style my hair or do my makeup or anything. I just want a hair wash and a neck massage. Please. That's all I want. Okay. If you could take one beauty product to a desert Island, what would it be? Well, if we're at the, if we're at the desert, I'm probably going to pick lotion so that I don't get crusty. And my favorite lotion, body lotion at the time, at the time, 
my favorite body lotion right now. I love the Way body cream. I know they're a sponsor, but you guys know I love them. I'm sorry. I buy their stuff at full price. I can't, I can't stop. Um, I love their body cream. I also love like the Cer- CeraVe, CeraVe, just like the drugstore body cream. I love the Osea uh, body oil. I love a lot of body oils right now. Uh, but I would probably take, I would probably take the Way body cream. Yeah, that's what I'm taking because I am not risking getting cracked heels on a desert island. Are you kidding me? Oh, my all-time favorite Taylor Swift song. My all-time favorite Taylor Swift song might be Getaway Car. And it also might be Cruel Summer. It might be one of those. Right now, though, I am like nonstop listening to High Infidelity. I can't stop listening. I don't know what's wrong with me. Okay, next one. The show you watched the most as a child. The show I watched the most as a child. Um, I watched a lot of Out of the Box. I watched a lot of Big Comfy Couch. I watched a lot of um, PB&J Otter, Bear in the Big Blue House, Roly Polioli. I also watched a lot, like I watched a lot of SpongeBob and a lot of Lizzie McGuire and a lot of Dragon Ball Z. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. Next up, we're almost done. Hardest thing to cope with during divorce. Probably the hardest, the hardest part about divorce is kind of just changing your day-to-day habits because you get really used, especially if you're living with somebody, like you just get very used to like how your days go. Like you, you have like a schedule with the other person and like life just kind of is on this like continual thing. You know who you have plans with, you know who, like just all of the habits of that. Um, not having that is really, is really hard. Um, again, which is why I'm really grateful that Matt and I are friends because like, you know, there's like movies coming out that we want to see together that like, I know that I can call them and we can go see them. But yeah, kind of figuring out my own daily schedule has been really interesting because I'm just, I'm freer than normal. And that's great. It's really wonderful, but it's also like, it's a little bit panic inducing because you're like, what is my life going to be full of? What's, what are my days going to be full of? Um, so that's probably the hardest, the hardest part. Um, just kind of the, the overall life change of it. Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel better about it now than I have in a, in obviously, you know, since it happened and each day gets a little bit better, I get a little bit more settled into myself, into my, um, my, yeah, my, my habits and all of that. Okay. Anyway, next one. I'm not trying to avoid divorce questions. I just also don't want to like linger on them too much. Okay. The most elite depression snacks. Oh, I mean, when I'm, when I'm depressed, I do eat a lot of fast food. I would go for like a Chick-fil-A or a Shake Shack or an In-N-Out. Um, if I'm depressed, that would probably be, that'd probably be my, my go-to. Okay. Top three charcuterie elements that aren't meat, cheese, and crackers. Okay. Well, first of all, Castle Toronto olives. I have an absolutely no clue if I'm saying that right, but that is how they're spelled. And those olives are the best. Um, you always need a jam of some sort, but you need an unconventional jam. So like a pepper jelly or like a fig jam or something like not a classic, like raspberry jam that you would put on like a peanut butter and jelly. And then the third thing I would probably say, oh man, what else do I like on a charcuterie? I do like, uh, like a candied nut. Like I like like a candied walnut because I think it usually goes really good with like fruit and cheese. Um, yeah. So that was a good one. It was a good one to whip out. I said earlier that there was an underwear question. Did I answer the underwear question and I'm just not remembering it? Okay. Last one. My favorite part of 2022. Oh, tough question. Tough question considering it was the hardest year of my life. Um, but my favorite part of 2022 was learning how tough I am. It was learning how capable I am uh, because a lot of the things I went through, I if somebody would have s- wrote them down on paper and said, here's what you're going to go through, 
I would have said, I choose death. I choose death over that. I would like to not participate in that. And um, I did. I did participate in them. And the big scary things were not actually that big and scary. I would I would tell Lucy, like while I was going through things, I would just say, you know, I'm going to do today and I will see if I make it to tomorrow. And if I do, I will do tomorrow. And I've just done that since then. And I got through some really hard things. And I really I got to say it. I really impressed myself. I really impressed myself with what I what what I went through and how I handled it. Yeah, I just that that was my favorite part of 2022. It was it was kind of discovering that about myself and then entering 2023 feeling very differently about myself than I ever have in my life. Even, you know, as a teenager and like in my early 20s before I was even married, I never looked at myself um like this. I never saw myself as like as, you know, tough and uh smart and capable. And maybe I did, but I never would have said it because it felt kind of like, I don't know, felt icky to say about myself. Now I like just want to tell everybody all the time. Like, I want to be like, do you even know how peaceful and powerful I am? Like, do you even know what I'm capable of? (laughs) Um, And that is a great, a great way to feel. And um, it sucks that we usually have to go through something really hard to get there. But again, I mean, I've talked about this at the end of a few episodes, but if you also have gone through something hard or you're going through something hard, just know that like a way cooler version of you is on the other side. So just hold out for her because she's, she's ready. So those are all of the questions, really good questions guys. And shout out to Lucy for picking them all for me and and putting them on these little papers. But yeah, I hope that, hope that this answer to some questions, hope you guys feel like you got to know me a little bit longer. You guys are like, Maddie, you haven't shut up in three years. We know you. Uh, but I always like to answer these questions. So we'll do these Q&A episodes, you know, periodically. But next week we will return to normal, regularly scheduled programming. We'll do a listener submitted episode. And I do get some DMs every now and then that are like, how do I submit? How do I submit stories? They are always on my Instagram story, which is my Instagram's just the bad broadcast. Um, and then if you go to the link in my bio on Instagram and then you swipe over to the right, left, I don't know, you swipe over. Um, there's a whole list of like the topics that we do all the time. So there's like petty, petty princess, am I the asshole, worst in-laws, bad bosses, um, all of that. So yeah, that's where we're going to, that's where we're going to end it here. I love you more than I can even tell you, uh, through this microphone, wish I could hug and French kiss every last one of you one day. I will don't worry, but I hope you guys have an amazing week. I also hope you guys had great holidays. I know that they can be, they can be stressful, but hopefully they were not too bad and that everybody's feeling good. 2022 was not our year. Like collectively, I've talked to many people who were like, no thanks on 2022. Uh, but this year is going to be going to be better. I know it. Uh, shouldn't say that because who knows? I should not jinx it yet. I'm going to knock on wood. Anyway, I love you so much. Be safe, be kind, be hot always. Uh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok. There's a Facebook group and also catch me on YouTube, I guess now. I guess we're, we're YouTubing here. Uh, but I will talk to you guys next week. I hope you have a lovely, lovely Monday. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the -the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.